0: Place your bets at the 24th annual Dallas Stars Casino Night, presented by Dex Imaging. Eat, meet, and play with your favorite Dallas Stars players and coaches on March 3rd at Comerica Center in Frisco from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., with all proceeds benefiting the Dallas Stars Foundation. To purchase tickets or for more information, visit DallasStars.com slash casino night. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the Rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Heike. Oh,
1: all-star break. All-star breaks, coupled with bye weeks are like Christmas for kids. It's the same thing, only it's for hockey players. Can't fully concentrate, kind of get with anticipation. Joy and the bliss of the break from reality is right there. I mean, you don't wake up every morning and have a bunch of presents in your living room, right? You don't wake up the next day and say, hey, you know what? I don't have to go run into other guys uh, for the next seven to nine days. It's a good deal. One more sleep. Isn't that what you said as a kid? One more sleep, one more game. And one more rush from your pod, men. Yes, one more rush from us before the break. So, Mike Hyka, you ready to go?
2: Uh, yeah, I kind of see it more as like a uh, Gidget, uh, Frankie uh, Avalon or whatever type thing. It's spring yeah. break. You're going to have to find We're here in the frigid cold of
1: Texas. You're going to come in with that stuff.
2: <laughs> These guys are heading to a beach somewhere.
1: You're referring to Gidget in twenty twenty, uh, You know, I
2: I try to keep up with the kids and all the hot new things that well, are we do, happening.
1: We do probably have some older listeners that Good. would uh certainly that that reference would resonate with them. But what, what I would MT- like to
2: MTV spring break, does that is that bring well, nah. the <laughs> hey, 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 naughty by
1: nature. That thing was insane back in the day. I you know, like I remember All Star Breaks and Spring Breaks. You know, because spring break on MTV back in the day would happen right around near the end of the season. It was kind of like you're entering into the stretch run and you either were on a team that sucked and you're going nowhere and you're like, hey, pretty soon we'll be with those clowns on a beach somewhere. Or it signaled, you know what? Pretty soon this this is getting frigging real. But in the meantime, let's enjoy, enjoy Yo TV MTV raps from the beach in Fort Lauderdale. Just a bunch of kids, just debauchery. It was it was escapism is what it was, Mike. It, it was pure a beautiful escapism. time. It really was. Uh you know what was a beautiful time too if you exclude the game in Philadelphia because the Philly tilt was like the spurious stars replaced the Dallas stars for a night. It was it was bizarre to witness it live. I don't know what it was like for people that watched it on television and, and that, but it was like, Who are these guys? I don't understand this at all, and then it got so much better in in Jersey against the Islanders, and wrapping up in Detroit. What did you take away from the four game trip out east?
2: the same thing, just this, the whole so I, I think this is accurate. They went 27 minutes with one shot on goal against the Flyers.
1: Oh, it was the shots on goal midway through that game were 27 to three in Correct. favor of the Flyers.
2: Then four games later, they have 25 shots on goal in the second period. Yeah,
1: 25-7, I think it was.
2: Yeah. And and so that's the first time since 2018 that they put that many on. So it's just, it's so, it's it just pretty much crystallizes a season that every game, every period, every, it just changes. I mean, from one swing to the other and you have no idea and you just got to hold on for dear life and enjoy the ride.
1: That's what we want though, isn't it? We don't want it all laid out like underwear on the bed. We don't need that. (laughs) We want some surprises.
2: Always going back to spring break with you.
1: Uh, Yeah. So again, combination of the stars can't play worse they 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 cannot play worse than they did in philadelphia and i doubt that the flyers can play better than they did and you yeah, throw that together and you, <laughs> you get that yeah i know yeah. but it did spawn goal of the year yes i'll be shocked if there's a better goal scored this year than yeah, that it was one. amazing and
2: although i gotta I, say a couple a couple of them have been pretty good for the stars as well are you okay. talking about the the backhand roof, spinorama for uh, Flyers?
1: Yeah, Mike, that's the that's one. What I thought.
2: But then own, you come back with Wyatt. Tidbit. I mean, I, I'm not kidding. When you watch Wyatt's in slow motion, it's a pretty nice goal as well. But you're right. That one. There's was, no
1: question. I'm not. I'm not arguing.
2: Well, He's going to be goal of the year. No,
1: he would be on the list. Okay, but. Man, oh man! Full flight, one eighty, with a like a shockingly hard backhand to roof that sucker past Jake Ottinger. And the thing I loved about it, you know, being a witness. Look, even though I was a goaltender, just as an appreciator of the sport, I love gorgeous goals. We don't get like Thomas Harley's goal last night. Like we never get end to end rushes from defensemen anymore. No. They finish, we, he might get end to end rushes. But they don't finish with a with a beautiful and you know skate off tally like that last night. Yeah. But we don't get rushes up the ice. Nobody comes down the wing and blasts it past a netminder anymore. It doesn't happen. It used to, and it was beautiful. It was artistic. It was balletic. You know, the net would billow back when we had nets that billowed. And then they decided, well, we need them taut. So they tightened them up. Now it's just trampolines out of there. And we're like, did I go in or not? I'm not even sure. Let's go to review. But Play, that play for goal, two
2: minutes uh, after a goal.
1: Different topic, but yes. <laughs> the, the, the thing I loved about the, the Owen Tippett goal was the, the kind of resignation of Joel Hanley who I, there's not a there's not really a reference in our game like there is in basketball where they, it's called posterizing right? right aren't they the first ones that came up with that got posterized yes. in in the association well in our sport now I guess you say you got Instagrammed because he was saying the next day he went on Instagram after the game and. He, he just had to turn it off because it was just one <laughs> after another in the feed. And he was so funny because he was like, man, I got hit up by all these guys that I never hear from. I could have a great game. I could score whatever it is. You don't hear anything from them. Then that happens and they just came out of the woodwork. And everybody was not so much piling on, but I guess a little bit. But you know, he he and Jake both were just kind of like, yeah. Every now and then, you guys just tip your hat, like, yeah, nice, job. pretty sick move, and quite a shelf. And there you go. So that there's that one, was the one. It was the guys one takeaway like from do. Philadelphia that I that I. Uh, other than all the bad, and even that was not great from a stars perspective, no, but it but certainly was from a hockey a perspective. Yeah.
2: There's one thing guys like to do is kick each other right there in the groin. Think it's yes. hilarious,
1: <laughs> so to speak.
2: So to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh they go into Jersey. The goal you were speaking of, where Wyatt just man, Luke Hughes is gonna need some salve. He probably needed an <laughs> anointment after that game. Getting getting roasted like that. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. No question. Uh and they smack around the, the devils, you know, they're getting booed off the ice and the stars are, are skipping along. Then they take on the islanders and you know that you're heading to the game in new jersey and it broke that afternoon that patrick waugh was gonna get hired or had been hired by the islanders so that threw a whole different vibe at that game uh at belmont park and uh the stars certainly look Sorokin Sorokin's gonna finish as one of the finalists for the Vesna this year is the best goaltender in the league he's facing a barrage of rubber and he did in that game uh and then the stars got into overtime and you know the habits they're still gonna kick in every now and then and i i said it again last night like it's hard to tell guys that want to be the guy and game breakers to just show a little patience yep and it they probably rail against it it's everything that they haven't believed in but it's it's a successful formula and they didn't follow it there and if you don't score at one end the likelihood goes up that you're going to lose at the other end and that's exactly what happens so they give up yeah. a, a little b-way and away it goes yeah
2: Dushane, uh, an a high risk player but it's interesting because and i don't get to watch all of his overtimes but mckinnon it's the same thing. Like a second, the, oh, yeah. on the stick, he, he wants to score. Yes, And that's just kind of how they're wired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he has scored sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, well, they six, know, six and five in overtime. That's better than last year. Yeah. And, and the good, the great thing about it is, is that uh, there we are in overtime again last night and who does Pete start? Yeah. Matt Duchesne. Here you go. Yeah. You know, throw him right Miro back on that Bronco. Time. What's that?
2: He had Miro behind him this time. I think that would have helped the last game. <laughs> had Miro been out there when uh, Matt uh, made his move, I think uh, Miro might've been back.
1: Yeah, maybe. That's one of the weird things with and though. Like, he has not been a good overtime player. Hmm. Like, like, and he has not. And it's shocking.
2: Because
1: yeah. he is a world-class, phenomenal player. But over, overtime has not been kind to him. Uh you know, that at times, there have been moments in that, but I think if you looked at the overhaul overall, not the overhaul, uh, yeah, room to grow, we like to say. So then they go into uh, football city, uh, football town. Is that what they're calling there it now? Footy, I think they did. F- pigskin town. Used to uh, be hockey town. Uh, NCAA Detroit.
2: champs right there.
1: They it's are a building a away. bridge. They are building a bridge between Canada and... And the United States of America and the bridge between those two great nations over the Detroit River, Mike. Yeah. Is going to be named the Gordy Howe Bridge. Wow. How great is that? Mr. It's Hockey. Actually very great. Mr. Hockey's gonna have a, a bridge named after him. Do you have anything named after you, Mike?
2: <laughs> no, I think you would be you'd be more of a candidate than I.
1: I have nothing. I never will. I know. I don't, I don't want. I don't know about that. I don't want, and I never will. I know you but don't I think want, that, but I, I, think I that's, don't know
2: you. You've left your mark on society.
1: Well, I could. No. Anyway, in <laughs> Detroit, the the stars just again they they don't exactly excel in first periods. They had a very forgettable. Game on the penalty kill, which is a rare. Like, like that game for the penalty kill was like the overall game for the Stars in Philadelphia. It was the same right. thing. They just were trying to eat soup with a fork. So they, they explode in the second period. It feels like every game the Stars play against Detroit, their goaltending is leaky and sieve-like. And that was the case again. They pull their goaltender after two periods. Stars had to hang on. Uh, because the Red Wings just kinda keep playing. If they'd had better goaltending, it might have been a different story at the end of that road trip, too. Uh, but in the end, uh they they win that one and and it looks like a, a man walking out of Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, if you'd have told me everyone was gonna be like, ah, that's a great trip. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. Hockey is fun, is it not?
2: <laughs> it is.
1: And, from and they day are to day.
2: resilient. I mean, you got to give them that, that, you know, that Ted Lasso be a goldfish thing. Yeah, They got that yeah. corner. They just forget whatever happened and move on to the yeah. next one.
1: Yeah. They are an aquarium. That's what they yes. are. <laughs> the uh, game last night featured the return of our boy Miro Aiskanen and he gets paired with Thomas Harley. And the number one question is why did it take so long to pair them together? I wonder. I, wonder, um, I, wonder, what, I think, wonder. I think. Wonder what the went age, into that. The
2: youth, you know. I think the fact that Harley had to basically take number one minutes for ten games helped push that decision to the front of the front of the grill, so to speak. Uh, because yeah. I think at that point in time, the coach is like, "Why are we, you know Why are we taking this long?"
1: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I'd like to hear Pete DeBoer answer the question. And and see what actually went into it and why and and all of that. Cause I mean, for most of the year it was it was uh Ryan Suter and, and Miro. Yeah. And and that was that was that. And I you know, we would sit and we would pontificate and and wonder in that. Thomas was scoring goals and it just seemed like look, and they're they're trying to make sure that they can rotate three pairs too, right? Which I would think Great. is is part of that too. And you get back home. To me though, watching it last night, and obviously it was a it was a just a delicious debut of the pair together. Could it be a little bit like Zubi and Sador back in the day? A little bit like Nick Lidstrom and and Brian Rafalski with those Red Wings back in the day, where they control the puck play, they defend with their legs and with their heads, and you can put them out there, especially early in games. You can put them out there. You know, every second shift and and you match them up against the other team's best line and they can defend that. They can also make sure they don't have the puck all that much. I, that's, what I, that's what I love about it. it. What it doesn't do, though, is it doesn't get Miro back on the left side. Yeah. Still over there on the right.
2: Uh, Pete said last night that they both have defensive consciences. Uh, and I think that's really important. Obviously, Miro, that's when he came in. They, you know, he's the only 18 year old. Who who, you know drafted third overall? Who said, "Yeah, he's got to improve his offense." His defense is already ready for the NHL. You never hear that. But Harley was the other way in that he's a first round pick, and they had to send him down to the minors and tell him, "Look, do this, do this, play defense here." Uh, But I mean, Pete really believes that both of them think defense first, and then try and create offense after they defend, and so that that really could make them a top pairing that could be fantastic if they can build and bond and grow together.
1: Well, part of it is them. And part of it is the other four or five, yes. right. And how well they, they play within their pairs. They tried to break up Lindell and, and Paw at, at times. And they, you know, they killed they're, they're such a great pair at killing penalties and it, It's a neat thing, I guess, to be able to just go, let's go back to him again. Let's slap it back, which who knows where this goes going forward as you move to the forward lines. You know, like Johnston's up there. It looks slick and sick with Hanson Robertson, but there's nothing to say that a month and a half from now, Joe's not back there again. Correct. Right? But, man, when you look at that pair on defense that we just spoke of and Johnston sliding to the top line, and it feels like, the next wave is arriving.
2: No, I definitely think so. And then, you know, then you look at what they have in the minors and it's in a good place right now. Uh, I think the fact that Nils, uh, you know, got those 10 games too uh, to kind of get his feet wet. There's, you know, you see a little bit of progress in his game. Um, it's 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 in a good place. And I'm, I'm just amazed, at, like we've been talking about drafts for a decade here under Jim Nill. And there has been some good ones and there's been some bad ones, but they really do seem to have the layers, you know, of here's your 35-year-old, here's your 27-year-old, here's your 22-year-old, and now they also have, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. So it's just in a really good place when you think about the future. And, I mean, then you look at Jake and, you know, he's going to the all-star game at whatever he is, 25, 24, um, and 23, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it's it's in a good place. And, and it, it's a good feeling when you do see that. And obviously, we get ahead of ourselves with a pairing like Harley and Haskinen. But, boy, you sure is fun to think about.
1: I'm not ahead of myself. I'm just celebrating it, Mike.
2: Oh, Oh, I'm saying I was. You were Jeez. right where you're supposed to be.
1: What a... What a sapient breakdown of ages within the STARS organization (laughs) there, Mike. It was terrific. Thank you. Uh, Do you think the Duchesne train stops at the STARS station? Or is that locomotive blasting through a rail crossing? Going to celebrate him on Saturday for a 1,000 games, which is always the odd one. We've had lots of those recently. Yes, the the shortest one, the Corey Perry one, 12 games, I think. <laughs> that
2: was fun, and the fact that you know his legacy was, and Joe's the same thing. His legacy was so much elsewhere.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's- yeah, at least, at least with Matt, it's not it's not just really one right. stop because he's made a, a few of them, and yeah. I've talked to him. He he says this feels like home. The question is going to be. Uh, you know how much is he going to want? Command, correct. What is he willing to sacrifice to a certain degree? Although that's probably not a very good word in today's professional sports because <laughs> they make oodles of money. Uh, but when, it, it, when
2: you look at their per game paycheck, it doesn't seem like sacrificing.
1: No, but it seems like a good fit. But that that's going to be something to watch. I'm sure going forward. You know exactly what this is, you know, does he want to go and test free agency? Is this just a one-year parlay? I know all his teammates are working hard to make sure that Matt Duchesne understands we would really like you to stay here. And And they have uh, other
2: contracts that are in interesting places, and we just have to kind of wait to get through the playoffs and see what those contracts, you know. Does a Joe Pavelski want to retire? Does that open up? You know, a a doorway, and then you also have to worry about what does Jason Robertson want, and you know all these other little things that they have to fit together. It's hard. It's hard to build a a team and stay under the cap.
1: Yeah, I I wonder whether Stankoven and and Bork or one or both are going to push in the second half for for time, or if that's just one of those. Hey, you know if. God forbid we run into injuries then obviously, but otherwise, you know, we like the squad we have and all that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know. It's a nice other, problem to have.
2: It is. And the other thing in, is if, if you do want to try and go get another defenseman, then it's probably going to take something to get them off your payroll. And my guess would be that would come from the forward ranks. And so then would one of those guys be able to, you know, sub in if one of the other forwards were traded? And you know that that's an interesting discussion as well. you know, if you mix that in with the injuries and they both seem to be ready. I mean, I think Bork might be ahead of Stankoven just because he's a really good defensive player and he's got a, a this is a second year pro. Uh, but they both, I mean, especially if you can put them, bring them up here together and and see what they can do as a you know on a line that would be it'd be really fun to watch.
1: I like it. Mike Hike is just expanding the roster. We'll have yeah. we'll have six lines. Well, and, you got, like uh, I, I said, if you want a defenseman,
2: way. then you got to get rid of a forward, don't you? Maybe I not. Don't,
1: I don't know, Mike. I just I just comment on the games.
2: Hey, I'm just talking to Mark Janko. Hey, Mark, you got to get rid of a forward if you want a well, defenseman. I, why don't you I just text don't see how Mike, else it
1: works. Quit wasting our Podman rush. He this. listens
2: to the Podman rush. Hey, he you know what?
1: Holy. You know what? The, the Stars are needing four to win in. A lot of games. Do you realize now, after last night, they have they have absolutely had to have scored four goals in order to be victorious in over half their victories now. Wow! So they have what twenty nine wins? Is that right? Mm-hmm. I think something like that. Fifteen times they've needed to score at least four to win. Wow! And they've and they can do it. They yeah. and th- that's. You know, they, they trust that they can manufacture some offense, but they, they need, they need to trim what's going in a little bit, you know, that that's the all-star that's, that's everybody that I I bet you that's what is going to have to be what they find individually and collectively when we come back in order to like stack some little winning streaks Going forward, and maybe solidify themselves atop the division. I look, they want to win the division. Yes, Th- they they want game sevens if you get there at American Airlines Center. That that's pretty obvious. So it, it's Not just to mention been a, that
2: first round could be really hard. <laughs> like if if yeah. you're playing Winnipeg or Colorado in the first round, and you're especially if you're the road team, although they've been great on the road. But that's yeah, if you can win the division, you, your path becomes a little bit easier, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: it's, it's a 4-3 it's a league more so than it's a 3-2 league now. Used it's to be an old 3-2, t- 2-1 two, two, league back in the day. It is interesting, Mike, it is. Well, Go I was ahead. just going
2: to say, Pete came in and said, the DNA of this organization is team defense. And he kind of wrote it last year and, and it worked. I thought they were very good. And so it, it's, ero- you know, it's eroded a little bit this year, but it seems like, the coaching staff understands that is quote unquote, the DNA of what this team is. Now it's changed a little bit when you, when you add different players in, but they know how to play defense. You know, they really do. So trying to get back to it, 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 you know, they just have to kind of commit to, we've got to be better at
1: this. Yeah. Defense is about attitude more so than X's and O's and they've said it in past, like the, the, the interest, it, look, he, he's brought up Hitch before in that too. And, you know, that's kind of when they they went from Lindy Ruff's wide open uh, style to we got to value our own net a little bit more. And they, you're right, like they, they have done that. This year, it's not that they've been really bad defensively for like long stretches and that. It just feels like. When they do break down, man, it is like grade A. Like they don't yeah. give up a ton of chances, but when they do, uh, they're they're just like last night. Like two of those goals that that uh, that they gave up were just like bam here, turnover in behind the net, turnover on the wall, and then it's there. And uh, that that's those are tough to. I know from a goaltender standpoint, those are difficult ones to you know, be really ready. But then there's goals like the one on the goal line or icing line that goes in that that's just E29 and it happens. Yeah. So, and and I think there's been a little bit of that to where they, like, look, they're not God awful, but they're middle of the pack. And it seems weird for a team that has really good goaltending and, and uh were what were they third last year in goals against? Yeah that that they would have drifted like that. But I again I I think they'll get back. Speaking of goaltenders, Patrick Waugh, rare the rare goalie to coach path, right? Maybe he can ignite a position where they have never talked but but are never talked more but but said less. He he's gonna say some stuff, isn't he? Yes, he definitely is a coach. Uh,
2: you, you guys, uh, you people, uh, goalies. I mean, you end up in the broadcast booth all the time, so seems like it'd be natural to have you on, be on the bench.
1: Yeah, I mean there, there are there are very few goaltenders that become head coaches. I wonder if that's similar in other sports too. Like, yeah, there's probably not a lot of
2: kickers uh, who are head coaches in the NH- NFL.
1: I was thinking more I'm, quarterbacks, I'm might, kickers. Not a friggin' kicker. <laughs> uh, the but there's catchers right in baseball oh, yeah. that have yeah that would be similar. Everything's as probably. The, the, one I of guess the, most the thing about
2: catchers is they actually direct the game. I know you guys do to some extent, but they they're, they're kind of telling the pitcher what pitch to throw. They they understand all the positions, and goalies can too. It's just you know. Catcher really is a rainy position.
1: Oh, so you're you're calling goaltenders morons then? No, I'm essentially. Just you
2: have you-
1: <laughs> what an ovation last night in Montreal for Patrick? Yes, that was something. That probably stunned him a little bit too going back in there with the Islanders, but you know, look, he was successful. He won the Memorial Cup in Kamloops in the spring with the Ramparts, yep. and he's got a. You know, he had a great run, and then it got weird in Colorado with the Avalanche. Just bringing that passion back, and maybe, maybe not coaching his own voice at times. Like I look, I applaud all these coaches, and none of them, none of them want to get caught up in. You know, that's not really what I said. I said this, and then it goes out there, and guys are tweeting out as they're talking in a. Press conference and that, but they talk a lot. They don't say very much nowadays.
2: Yes, the good ones. I wonder whether Patrick will fall right
1: into that as well, or if he's going to have a little more to say. I also miss the post goal shots on TV of exasperated coaches just absolutely wearing their displeasure and giving a lot of lip readers a parade of profanity. (laughs) Remember that back in the day? I,
2: I do. I remember one of them, I don't know who it was, was saying that his wife and kids saw him and said, what? what's daddy saying?
1: Yeah, huh? well, you know, like even even with walk because he is, you know, he's got that French-Canadian passion and, you know, almost breaking down the glass in between benches and just fiery uh, back there. They're, you know, now it's always a shot of the coaches looking like they're hanging their heads. When in reality they're watching replays on monitors, right in the bench floor that they've added those. So every time you know a goal gets scored, the director, our our great Mark Vittorio, will cut to the coach that just got scored on, see what kind of reaction. I don't. It's habit at this point because every time you do that, he and his assistants are all all you see is the crown of their head. Yeah. Like they're buried in that replay on the floor. It's like a visual and emotional support monitor down at their feet. And then they and then they heads come up and you don't get the emotion that you used to get from a lot of these guys. Cause they're they're just analyzing that and it's like, oh, okay, that's what happened. And well, I guess we'll have to be better. And they move on. So
2: Yeah, we've had that discussion with coaches and how they don't want uh, iPads on the bench for the players because they feel that if you're looking at your last shift then you're not really absorbing the game, but it's where it's going. And this is, it just seems like. Where it's going. Out, it is gone. It's already, it's gone, but it's same thing. I mean, when you think about it, you want to know what happened on the play. If you're yeah. a head coach, okay, what happened? I need to know how this broke down. Yeah. And so it, it makes sense that you want that information before you, you know, make your next decision.
1: Yeah, but it's no good for television. I want them to just lose their minds. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: There's a lot of things we could do for television that would help.
1: I want them just ripping into people. But you're right. Like every shot of a quarterback, for the most part, after he's been picked off is him on the bench with a tablet. Yeah. And there's a couple of them on our benches now, and you can see guys wanting to watch things again and picking things. It's just, that's how they learn. It's, how the game is coached now, but I just, it's probably bad television where it's just like, there's all this celebration going on or, or people, you know, fans are in the surrender Cobra or whatever's going on, but you cut to that guy in the suit in behind the bench and 99.95% of the time their head is buried as they watch. And they get, to be honest, they get blocked out too. I remember back in the day, we would cut to hitch with his arms folded and you'd have that big, you know, scowl. He looked like angry captain kangaroo back there. And then he would, he would inevitably walk down to the assistant coach, whether it was Jarv or, or Rick and be like, what happened there? You could you could read his lips. What <laughs> happened there? <laughs> Cause he didn't see it. No, you know? It happened way down. Players are standing up on the bench. It's just chaos. Uh, you know, there's so many bodies in front from that level. As you move up, you move up to my level where I, I cover the game. You can see stuff a lot more clearly. You go all the way up to where you pound your keyboard up top and you can see everything. And it, and the game is slow. And you're like, well, why didn't you do that? Well, why was that? And, but man, when you get down there at bench level or ice level, there is no room. It is moving at a breakneck speed, and I think it's been a great addition for coaches to have that at their avail, and not just for challenging things. You know, for just getting real time feedback there, and being able to see stuff the way that they teach stuff on on uh, computer screens and monitors.
2: Yeah. No, you yeah. want you want the information to make the next decision, and you got to make these decisions quickly.
1: Well, they made a decision to change coaches in Edmonton with the Oilers. Oh. oh my lord. My lord. 15 in a row now, Mike. I hear. That is that is the epitome of outhouse to penthouse. And just like losing can be a habit so can winning, and they're proving it. They they found ways to lose before. They were in the rut of ruts. They had the best player in the game right now and they couldn't win. And now they just expect to win every night, and they are. Yeah. That's a stunning turnaround and run that they're on. They might be – well, they might be. They're, they're the best team in the National Hockey League right now, right?
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like if you, if you started the playoffs today, that's a team you do not want to play.
1: Right. Well, thanks, Mike.
2: Well, no, is that I'm your ca- saying that like you could you, obvious statement. They've well, won 15 no, you could say Florida is a team win.
1: you don't want to play. You could say Vegas because they won. You need last to win year. 16 games in order to win the Stanley Cup. They've won
2: 15 straight. I agree, but they still would have questions on goaltending in a playoff situation, or you know maybe they can't handle the pressure of the playoffs. But I think they're they're proving that you know. And again, we've got months to go, but. They are a very good team. Uh, they're, like their power play is not even carrying them right now. They're just getting good depth scoring and playing good team hockey. So you don't yeah. want to play them, Daryl. You do not want to play the
1: Oilers. Well, you look at the NHL standings. The West is interesting because it has the worst and the best. Yes. Of the NHL. You know, the three bottom teams in overall standings are Western Conference clubs. San Jose, Chicago, Anaheim. who were in here last night. Yes. Stars had almost 50 shots on them. Three of the four top teams in the standings are also Western Conference. You know, Winnipeg and Colorado and Dallas. And that doesn't even include the aforementioned Edmonton Oilers, who you don't think are ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> you, you are in the doubting you're, – you're Debbie Doubter on the Oil heading into playoffs If I had to to
2: pick a goalie to win in the West, uh, it would probably be on another team. Huh. They (laughs) seem to be important. I could be wrong, Daryl. I'm a fan of goalies, but they seem to be important
1: in the playoffs. Yeah. Not as important as they once were, though. Yeah. Good point. Not as important as they once were. Uh, Crazy, though. Well, I mean, look. The the Oilers were a pop pick last year, yep. And then everything just went off the rails, and they were likely too reliant on their power play, special teams, and goaltending. Mike, there you go, can win a lot of games for you. And uh, this year they look like a better club. And uh, stars see them, Stars saw them when they were a mess when we were up there. They're gonna they're gonna see them. You're going to see this version here. Post feet in the sand. That'll be enjoyable. Uh, do you have any? Do you have anything on uh, on fans storming courts and fields? Do you have any you have any opinions on this? <laughs> opinion on, opinion this? on that? <laughs> it's it's pretty much just college exclusive, isn't it? Um, like nobody. Do, do people storm fields? When I mean, they and,
2: had the the Pistons had the incident in basketball because the fans are no, no, so no, close. No, no, no. That's that not, was a while ago.
1: That that's just oh
2: you're saying storming in celebration madness.
1: yes ah yeah, no, yeah you the, don't the you don't get that Clark in the pros too much and, and all that you don't get it in pros now you don't no it, and don't you think it is almost a hundred percent about video viral stuff now like kids are running out there just to get the video are they not yeah that, they're not that, they're, I mean, they're that, not in the moment are they Mike
2: the kid that's the kids lives basically. Um, I don't know. That's a good question because you, I will say this, that maybe some of the most passionate fans in the world are college fans, uh, and they are psycho. So maybe they are in the moment. Uh, and then they just take advantage when they get out there and say, Oh, look, I've got my phone in my pocket. I should probably take it out.
1: Oh, so you think it's a secondary element? Oh yeah.
2: They're not just- out there trying to get, <laughs> of course they're trying to get videos, but it is what it is. I mean, you should, you, you get an opportunity to celebrate. You should take advantage of it. Like that? If you want. I mean, as long as you're not hurting See, anybody.
1: I, I didn't, well, somebody's going to get hurt. That's the problem. And that's why they're they're having some serious conversations at the college level about yes. it. And look, I don't think they're talking about uh, Yoast in, in Michigan or anything. Awfully tough to storm a hockey rink. Correct. Like, go back and see those individuals that have tried. It's like <laughs> falling into the lion or gorilla enclosure. Trying Rob trying Ray just raining rights on a guy. and
2: Finding yourself in Ty Domi's lap.
1: I think, was it Asseltine, the linesman that clocked the guy? I mean, they get out, they, they get over the glass, they get out there, they're running, they can't, they have no footing. Everybody out there has blades on. Like, man, it's just the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Now, I say that with this, and again, we're oiler heavy here for some freaking reason. But if you go back and look at the Oilers early Stanley Cup celebration at Northlands, it it looks moronic in 2024. You're like, that, that can't be real. Like, did that actually happen? Because you're talking about Wayne Gretzky yeah. and that. When they won their first cup, I was there. I was still playing junior hockey, and we came back from the Memorial Cup, and they were, we were owned by the Oilers then. So they brought us in there for Game Five against the Islanders, which they won, uh, and then and then the celebration was on. But if you go, you go back and watch that when they opened the Zamboni doors at the end of Northlands, like people could just come down from the stands and just run out on the ice. So when the when the Oilers are are skating the cup around the rink, like there's people out there in just street clothes running along, touching the cup, right next to players and that. Nobody's like I remember. Like nobody was really like bristling at it. It was just yeah. a it was a local celebration of the hockey club, and a way they nice went.
2: Canadians,
1: yeah. Wow. <laughs> but a man, you again. You know, you're talking what eighty four, and. uh you just look now and you're, you're, you're like that, that looks insane. Like that's crazy to be doing that.
2: Agreed. I'll give you a weird one. And this is just a non sequitur, but so the first I'm out on my first road trip and we are in Winnipeg and I ask, okay, well, how do I get into the arena? What pass goes, Oh, just walk in. And I'm like, what? And they said, just, yeah, go in the front door. It's open. And the fans can come and watch the morning skate and all that. <laughs> you just walk right in and sit down with the fans and watch the morning skate. And that's kind of how they used to do it in Canada. But you're right. Uh, security has changed in the last uh, three decades.
1: Well, for a reason, unfortunately.
2: Unfortunately.
1: populace is loonier than they were back then. Indeed. I don't think this is a crazy statement, though. Could the stars be in first in the central at the all-star break? When everyone mm. heads off.
2: Hmm. I heard an important radio guest this morning. Could
1: this come uh, to be, Mike?
2: Uh, I guess it would be great. But Friday, Saturday is, results are pending. What would it mean?
1: I don't. Yeah, that's a good. That is a very good point. What would it mean?
2: Could maybe get some buzz going in the community as uh, the anticipation of going on the road.
1: Will they answer back. the phones up in Frisco that way? First place uh, Dallas yes. Stars.
2: First place Dallas. They, they. Uh, I will tell you this: it would be an accomplishment, like because you just watch those two teams, uh, and you know we we always see the scars on our team, uh, but every time we look up, oh, Winnipeg's winning, Colorado's winning, and you know for the Stars to be able to keep pace with that while they've missed their number one goalie for what five weeks, six weeks, and missed their number one defenseman for three weeks. That's that is a feather in their cap. If they if they're sitting atop that that trio uh for a week, uh it would be a really good feeling.
1: I think those other teams could say the same thing though. Definitely. You know, Val Nechushkin is not and he was having an incredible season, but you know, he's he's not there with them. And uh Kyle Connor was gone. How how much time did Connor miss with Winnipeg? That was the one that freaked me out. Because it yeah. was like, okay, yeah, I know they're a good defensive team in that, but somebody has to score. And then he leaves the lineup and, and Ehlers just goes berserk. And they they fill in with that. Uh, I'll say this, all three of those teams are really, really well coached. Yes. And I think that's a, that's a big part of it. They all understand they're good squads. It's going to come down probably to them. Uh, it, it's starting to look like it's just a three-horse uh, race atop the Central Division. And you're right. Like, what does it mean? I don't know. It, it, it's something to talk about on a podcast heading into the All-Star break. And the fact that, that the Stars have been able to continually pick up points, although they, they don't go on any kind of an extended run of wins, but they never go into the tank and lose a bunch of games in a row. And they've been able to absorb a month without their number one goaltender and 10 games without their number one defenseman. Like, yeah, depth and the habit of winning and the pride in veteran teams, right? So, And so much uh, of
2: what they do is confidence and positivity. And so, yeah, if you can sit there and say, look at what we've done already, you know, just think what we can do in in the quote-unquote second half or the run to the playoffs. I mean, I. There is something to be said for all of that to, to have that confident feeling. Uh, I think uh, they were talking with Miro and Thomas just about Miro coming back. Yeah, it's great to be back, but it takes a while to get that confidence. And Pete even said last night, scoring a goal gives you confidence. So, yeah, being in first place gives you confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, they, they can probably say whatever they want, which they do, but at the same time. Time there's a reason why the standings are posted immediately w- when you walk into their dressing room, both up in Frisco and downtown. Yes, like it's not there just for decoration, right? Like it's yeah, it looks nice. there is a reminder and just the opportunity to to be there pending what goes on elsewhere. Uh, everyone's at home, right? Everyone's at I, home. Yeah, I think. I think. So. I, think I looked at
2: all the schedules. Yeah, I think
1: Winnipeg's at home against. The Leafs, and I believe Colorado has LA, a very motivated LA team that has just spiraled. My God, what a mess! Uh, calling each other out and that with them, but yeah, it, it, none of that drama around here. It's just sort of skipped along, and and uh, I I like I like where they're at. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really happy
2: with your performance so far.
1: Girl. I'm not either. I think you can, be think you can you. do
2: better. I mean, you know, just sometimes uh, you just go for the easy. I goal. I don't know that I, I could do you, better. You play teams play. A good question.
1: <laughs> if, if I was given more time, you know, I could probably do better. I, I'm doing the best I can with the limited amount of time that I have. Interesting, Mike. I'm just trying to hit all platforms and and uh, be. As much prepared as I can be, but at the same time, not carrying the game in a suitcase to the game, like letting it come to me mm. and being prepared to react It's much like being a goaltender, Mike, you know, I like, like that analogy, like you, you, you need to anticipate, not guess, anticipate and react. But at the same time. Forcing the others to make the first move. Oh my God! I just went deep. Do you, if you don't have anything else, Mike, I'm going to go super deep here to finish it off, and then we're going to go into the All Star break. Okay. Can but I, I gonna give you, give you the floor? I want it. I want you to to chip in with whatever you have, like get pucks deep, stay on side, all that stuff. So go ahead. You got anything?
2: Yeah. When Pete Devore came in. Uh, a quick look at his analytics numbers from the previous years in both San Jose and uh, in Vegas showed that he was a you know, plus four, plus five shots per game. So they were one of the top five teams in the league last year. They weren't. This year, they're not. Uh, they, I think, they're 16th in uh, shots for and 14th in shots against. So middle of the pack. Uh, but for the last four games. I believe they're, you know, one of the leading shots on goal team in the league. And so I just asked him after the last game and he goes, no, this is intentional. We said, let's get the puck to the net. Let's get the puck on goal. Let's be more direct when we go over the blue line. And I'm very intrigued by that because his history says they should be out shooting teams by four and five shots per game. And they haven't done that in a year and a half here. so. They can start being that team. I do think it, it makes them even more prepared for the playoffs. It's just an interesting trend, and it's a very short trend. Uh, but the fact that he said, no, we're trying to get more shots on goal, uh, I'm intrigued by that.
1: That's it. That's Well, it, it's, it's a good one, and I, I would take it a little more uh, singular and just look at second periods because the Stars have been an incredible club. I think – I think the middle period is their potential. How yes. about that? that? That's yeah. That's my statement. They're they're close to. I think heading into last night, they had the best goals against average in the second period in the league, and yet they're like fifteenth overall. But if you look at them recently, like <laughs> they they outshot Jersey sixteen to eight in the second period. They outshot the Islanders fifteen to five in the second period they outshot detroit 25 to 7 in the second period and then last night i think it was 14 to 4 in the middle frame and over that time over those uh, four games the last four games they they've also outscored uh the opposition 10 to 1 wow in the second period like like that's them that that's who they are they are who they are they are who they are in the second period. And, and the
2: challenges of the second period, I mean, obviously, the, the you know, long change and everything, it draws on so many different things, forward depth, coaching, you know, these are things that, you know, are, are revealed if you are a good second period team.
1: Yeah, everyone says long change, but it's actually the short change. I, I think it's flipped yeah. to be the short change because – if you, if you look at it as just a long change, you're always looking at it from a defensive standpoint. And you, you can't buckle or cave in teams if you can't change while you're in their zone. That's the short change. That's the offensive change.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's what the Stars do extremely well. All the good teams play, What I think, I wonder if they still call it that, but they, they used to call it three-quarter ice, where essentially... The, the puck is never getting deep into your zone. It, it's getting to like the top of the circles-ish in your end. And then your transition game is kicking back in. And the way you play is they might get one guy off the ice. They might get two guys off the ice in their change. But the other four or five or four, three or four guys have to stay out there. And then as you have fresh guys on, they spend another minute 40 in their own zone and they either get scored on or they take a penalty or they don't recover the rest of the period because they spent so much time out there like it is in in Pete's vernacular tilting the ice. Yeah. And the good teams all do that. And they they've been they've been really good at it but they've been phenomenal at it here lately. And 3 of the last 4 that's on the road they're yeah. doing that. So that that's to me. That's their potential. That that's they, they can be that team, and they can stretch it into how they start a little bit more, and into third periods and and how they finish. So there you go. Good point. Yeah. It was, well, it was an excellent topic by you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, but here, you want to have your mind blown. Sure. Like not just you, everyone listening. Get like get seated don't stand up and absorb this when I'm about to drop on you. I am expanding your minds here. Maybe beyond maybe beyond its actual skeletal confines. That's how wild this is. I saw it the other day. Here's the opening statement, Mike. A year should have 13 months. just let that one resonate for a second Mike huh you say I can hear it in your tone you're like what 13 months well listen to me as I speak if there were 13 months every one of them would have 28 days the first would always be a Monday the 28th always a Sunday Every month would have exactly four weeks in it. And we would be in perfect harmony with the cycle of the moon. Whoa. I know. Kaboom.
2: Now this is a leap year. This is a leap year, right, Daryl? Did you factor that in at all?
1: You can't even absorb this. That's how deep this is. You have to it's, go to if you if some you could do that. I think moronic statement about leap years. Our lives would be so much better. Look what I just laid out for you. It's amazing. Life as it should be, right here on the Podman Rush.
2: Uh, if only the International Council of Days and Months could be uh, alerted to this.
1: No kidding. I'll remind you that stars calendars on sale, Mike. Oh, is that true? I the don't know. The dog one?
2: I love those. Yeah, yeah. Well, cats too.
1: Benefiting Dallas Stars Foundation.
2: They do good work.
1: They do not have 13 months in it, though. I'll warn you ahead of times. The only mm. place, the only location you will see or hear that is right here on the Podman Rush.
2: Instead of the Gregorian calendar, it's the Razorian calendar. <laughs>
1: Nailed it. Exactly. Put that on a banner. Time to take a break, Mike. Enjoy a little mid season apricity before the absolute gauntlet through February, March, and a little bit of April. So, until we reconvene, I guess one more to go. A little matinee affair against OV and the Capitals. And then it's time for SPFing. right?
2: Uh, this is like your second period. You're, you're on top of your game right now, Joe.
1: Now I'll just hang on in the third, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> try to, just try to coax it home. All right. You be well. You enjoy your break, huh? You too. And all you people out there, I hope we've been able to entertain and inform. That's our goal, with a little bit of continuity. We refer to it as ice. As you want in the glass, Podman Rush. Information. Continuity. Entertainment.
0: See ya! You've been on the Podman Rush with Razor Ray and Mike Ica. Presented by Kingsville Brewery official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Texas hockey, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today.
1: What do you think of that?
0: It's amazing. The Frisco Fighters are back for another electrifying season of indoor football. Don't miss the action-packed, high-scoring intensity that Frisco Fighters indoor football has to offer when they hit the turf in March at Comerica Center in Frisco. From unique theme nights to exciting giveaways, the Frisco Fighters provide entertainment for the whole family. Get your tickets today at FriscoFighters.com.